It's the Going Overtime Podcast with Joe Roderick and John Marisak on InsideSTL.com, part of the St. Louis Podcast Radio Network. And welcome on in to a, uh, well, I guess this is the penultimate episode, John, of uh, Before oh. SummerSlam. Yeah, that's right. That's I'm going to use Michael Cole word for the, to kick off this edition of the Going Overtime Wrestling Podcast. I'm Joe Roderick. He's John Marisek. We're bringing you this podcast right here on InsideSTL.com. Thank you for joining us. And, uh, well, welcome as we will talk about this week in WWE Television, Raw, and SmackDown. John, what's going on, man? I'm very excited. Another week will go by without a pay-per-view. So I don't have to worry about this week. It's next week I have to be concerned. And then you have NXT and a six-hour pay-per-view on Sunday. <laughs> I've even, I've, I honestly got, have intentionally not looked yet to see or paid attention to when it starts. I, I don't want to know yet. Booker T promoted it on Raw the other day, and they put the time up there, and I looked at it, and it took me a while to do the math to realize that, yes, the pre-show starts at 4 p.m. Central. Whew, that's a long, long day yeah, yeah. after what will be a great night because every NXT takeover is has been fan. There has not been a dud takeover yet. So I imagine to be exhausted going into Sunday ready for a SummerSlam that I am still struggling to get excited about. Yeah, and, you know, if you, if you really, really, really want to tune in at 4 o'clock, I'm sure you'll be able to see Big Show face Big Cass and Tazawa face Neville, so... That's that's probably the matches that you're going to get on that uh, on the pre-show. Well, I have to watch the pre-show to see cruiserweight stuff because I'm not watching 205 live. Not many are. No, I, I it's, it, and it's a shame. So I'm I'm just going to start off by saying that the WWE kind of gave away something that a lot of people wanted to start off Monday Night Raw, and that is putting The Miz and Paul Heyman in the ring at the same time. And I still think they just kind of gave us the tip of the iceberg with that. They kind of, I think it's one of those where we know you want to see this, so we'll put them in the ring, but we're not going to give it away just yet. Yeah, it's, just, it, it's, it's fun. It's a start. It'll be long. This whole thing's going to take a long time because we have no idea what in the world Brock's going to do. Between UFC, his contract situation, all that stuff is so up in the air. It was kind of nice just to have, I mean, it doesn't fit storyline. It has nothing to do with anything that The Miz is doing. But The Miz is able to make any segment you give him work. You just give him a mic, and then you put Heyman in there. And those two guys, you watch that for what? They talk for maybe three minutes together. And all I can think of is imagine months, just months of this. They could just do Mondays. It could just be Mondays with Miz and Heyman, and that'd be fine. Yeah, and I think, you know, I texted you this when it was happening. I really believe more and more that Miz is not going to be on the SummerSlam card. I don't think that's a bad thing because it's better than forcing him into a match with Jason Jordan. But it does, you know, for as good as Miz has been, it does kind of suck that he's not going to be on the second biggest pay-per-view of the calendar year. He'll do something on the show, and that might be on your pre-show as well, is have Miz kill, kill, kill 15 minutes by doing a Miz TV segment. And that's fine. And no, he doesn't need – and none of these guys need to be on every single show. I don't think – I think that's okay for guys not to be part of shows. The only thing that I think needs to be on every show is the top two belts have to be on every show, whether they're up, defended or – in a match. But other than that, no, I think it's okay. You don't have to wrestle on every show. I guess that's the way it should be. Be there, yes, wrestle, not necessarily. Paul Heyman was uh, was pretty good at getting Brock ready to uh, getting Brock into this segment where he basically just pointed at Miz, Bo Dallas, and uh, Curtis Axel, said, you are the three guys that Brock's going to face. Now he's going to beat you up. And then Brock went and beat them up. That was fun. And just physically heaving people. He threw Bo Dallas halfway across the ring. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did. He picked. And you know what? For as. I, I think we kind of look at Brock as being, you know, dumb and clumsy. But there were those two director chairs in the middle of the ring, along with a lot of bodies flying around. And Brock did a really good job of throwing people in places where they were safe. So I thought that was that was well done. 
They're also on the watch. If you have a chance to go back and watch what he does throw Bo, the way he, he grabs him awkwardly, almost sideways, and mm-hmm. somehow while he's picking him up, flips him so that he's the correct way before he tosses him. Yeah, I, I noticed that. So that was the uh, so Brock did that and then got on the early flight. It was, I guess he didn't even have a long flight because what were they in? They were in Toronto, right? Yeah, no customs. So he's in good shape. Right. So he just, he probably, I mean, he was probably back in, back home by the time Raw was over. Do you have any idea how far it is from there to where he lives in Saskatchewan? Or are you just just assuming that everything in Canada is close? No, I'm just assuming that uh, (laughs) Vince McMahon had his jet ready for Brock to fly him home. That's the F5 plane. Yeah, so that you saw that. You didn't see the other guys that he's facing till the end of the night. And you are uh, you, you are really against this main event. You are kind of sick of what uh, what you're sick and tired yeah. of seeing a pretty much the entire pay per view main event being given away constantly. I don't understand. I don't understand if you're trying to build to a point where you know it's gonna be, you're gonna get a payoff. You're trying to. And again, maybe this just gets to where things are today. And it's total, maybe it's because the pay-per-views are on the network, because they're so inexpensive when you do it on a month-to-month basis. They're viewed almost as like they're just like Saturday night's main event was. It's not – I mean, SummerSlam used to be this is you – know, there's WrestleMania and then there's, there's SummerSlam. Those are the two big ones where the two biggest programs of the year would come to a head. And now you get three of the four guys on Raw last week. Then this week you get two of those guys in a last man standing match that once used to be a sacred pay-per-view, end of a feud, blow off a feud match, the end all. And now it's done on Raw. I don't – with two guys who – how many times have we seen them in the last just few weeks, Mm -hmm. including a pay-per-view ambulance match for God's sakes? No, we've seen, it really seems like we haven't gone three weeks without Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns since the Royal Rumble. Wow. Just like some injury time for to get off for a couple of weeks, which when that stuff happened is like, oh, good. They're going to take them out for a while and then bring it back and it'll be big again. And it was gone for what, two weeks? A week man, in Roman's man, case? He, he, got, he got better quicker than, uh, than imagined. Twice. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not a fan of how it all is uh, how it all has shaken out. I'm also not a fan of how we just don't we just ignore finishes and I mean we're gonna go through the show so we'll get to it. Go ahead. I gotta say I I really am happy though with the WWE going about having Paul Heyman do the you know if Brock loses we leave uh, threat because. Leading into this, I thought, okay, you know what? This is an easy way to get the belt off of Brock Lesnar without having him get pinned, you know. And we'll we'll see him again in a few months. I, I'm not sure when, but we'll we'll see him soon. And now the whole threatening to leave thing makes me wonder. Okay, what's maybe? Do you keep the belt on Brock? Is if Brock loses, how exactly do you write him back on TV at some point? Like how how is this all going to work? Well, and within three days of each other you had john jones call him out brock respond to it Heyman go on tv and say that they're leaving if brock doesn't win so all of those things together is like okay not only does it make you wonder if if, you know that he to think that he is but how long has this been planned because it seems very very convenient that these three things happen in a very short amount of time and that somebody like john jones going into a, a fight before a fight is already calling out brock lesnar but if he does go, uh, and you have this contract situation, because this contract's what, up after Mania? Yeah, that I believe so. Okay, so how long is it, what does it take? How many months to prep for a, a UFC fight? If he does do this, that you're going to lose somewhere in between the end of SummerSlam and when you would like to have him finish out at WrestleMania. How many months does that take? Two, three? I yeah I I don't know what kind of shape he's in now or what kind of training he even does at you know at, at home if he's always in MMA shape. I, it, you see his body now versus what it was. There's a there's a huge difference. Right. UFC Brock is cut lean, no nothing. 
bulk Brock is WWE. Take bumps Brock is in the WWE. Yeah, different body. So yeah, no, I don't. I, I'm very. I'm very. One thing about it is I don't know what's going to happen, and I always say. As long as I don't think I know what's going to happen, I can at least be intrigued into how the thing, thing is going to end up. And I don't I don't know who's going to come out of this. I just always assume if Roman Reigns is in it, he's going to win. See, I think that, to me, that's the one result that's not going to happen. I think I agree with you. I feel like of all of the four results that could happen, the four different people that could leave with the belt, Roman Reigns is the least likely to leave with the belt. And I would like to say that Braun Strowman would be right there with him and least likely. I would rather Samoa Joe win this thing and have a chance than Braun, I, because you know why. I want where I want Braun to be. But I guess if Brock's not going to have a belt going into WrestleMania, then... Yeah, I, you know, I, I, maybe he gets it back at some point, but... I don't know, it is it is hard to tell at this uh, at the moment. But that's, you know, that's kind of where we sit, though, with the main event picture for Raw. We'll... Uh, you know, getting that out of the way right off the uh, right off the bat with what to uh, what to expect. A lot of other stuff happened though. More of the SummerSlam card took shape, even though it hasn't been made official yet. We do seem to be getting closer and closer to uh, Sheamus and Cesaro defending their titles against Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, and that is about as close to being announced as possible. That's they, those two, Dean and Seth, have got that crowd in the had the crowd in the palm of their hand. That that was really no matter how you feel about where Dean is and how annoyed you might be, or where Seth is and not sure where he really fits in. Those two standing in the ring, looking at each other, and Dean putting his fist out there, and then Seth just looking around. That entire place was on their feet and waiting with bated breath, just ready to explode. And then when Seth walked off, it was it was perfect. They they the last two weeks with this whole tease thing has gotten to this has, has gotten everybody worked up into a frenzy. So when it, when it does happen, the place is going to go nuts. Uh, Seth Rollins right now is uh, the the crowd is just pops. I mean, he, he might get the biggest pop of of anybody when his music hits, and I, I don't even know why he's. I don't either. It's it's really. I mean, he is the the. It does seem like he is the most popular wrestler going right now on TV, and that's that is surprising when his when that music hits, that crowd goes nuts, and that. By the way, I uh, this I'm just going to get this out of the way now. So Seth Rollins got. I guess in addition to his music last week, this week they also added the flames on the Jumbotron when they say burn it down. Jason Jordan got new music last week. Um, the Usos, I believe, did you, I mean, you watched it. Did, did the yeah. Usos get new music too? I think so. I, I, it sounded like it. I'd have to go back. They hadn't had their other music well enough for me to really know. Yeah. Big Cass has new music. Well, thank you. He needed it. And out of nowhere, Baron Corbin gets new music. It is awesome. So CFO Dollar Sign has been really, really busy. Well, they get, can they make a Roman one? I don't know when Roman can go away. But see, here's what sucks, all right? They're going to have this moment with Dean and Seth getting, getting back together at least for one match. Now, it would be kick-ass if those two guys came out from the back with the Shield music for that match, if this does continue to go the way that it does. But they can't because no one thought that Roman Reigns needed to be his own person and not the Shield Roman Reigns. And that stinks. Yeah, and you know, maybe at some point when they turn Roman Reigns back, yeah, maybe, maybe the new music is coming. Well, it, it needs to, to come soon because and it's going to suck when this happens because they're going to have to come out separately or they're going to come out to Roman Reigns' music. Remember how that's long what it, it is now. I mean, remember how long it seemed it, to take him to, to actually have him enter through the ramp and not the crowd? Yeah, the crowd had to really hate him. So that yeah, it know. did. What, it was like a year. 
It did, yeah. It did take a while, but they they eventually they eventually got there. But back to this this tag team. You pointed out something that I you know when I watched it, I saw the announcers also make a point of it as well. That the the bar Sheamus and Cesaro did a really good job of looking out for Dean Ambrose as they were jumping Seth Rollins in the early part of their uh, of their two segment night. That was really cool, and it. It did two things. One, it, it was logical and was made it realistic, which, thank God, somebody tries to at least do that at some point along the way on these shows. But it also, as someone watching at home, you saw them looking back, and that made you think, oh, maybe somebody's coming. Oh, maybe somebody's coming. It gets you that. It gets the anticipation. And the fact that no one does come makes it even better because you're just waiting and assuming and waiting and assuming and waiting and waiting, and that doesn't happen. I like it when that happens because – they got to a point where we were conditioned that every time somebody was getting attacked, somebody was going to come and uh, like a partner was going to come out or somebody was going to come out and save the day. And I like that it's happening more often than not that nobody comes. And it was great. It was the little looking back stuff I just loved. You know, I love the little stuff. Yeah, it does look like that is uh, that that's eventually going to be a, a, a match at SummerSlam. We'll run down the entire card at the end of the uh, at the end of the show, at least what the card it looks like. As of Wednesday night at 10 p.m., so we'll uh, we'll run it down when we when we get there. Another uh, another wrinkle into SummerSlam, another part of the card that we won't get until next week is the women's match on Raw. As Bailey comes up, by the way, Bailey with straight hair when her hair's not in a ponytail, I'm a fan of that Bailey. Bailey got booed. There, okay. They were also in Canada. We we do have to remember they were in Bizarro World. And they did a they the announcers did a good job of pointing that out to the to the viewers. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Up is down, you know. Up is down, left is right. It's it's a weird weird world in when you're in Canada. And they they booed Bailey, and Bailey handled it well. Bailey did handle it well, as she was thanking everybody for tweeting her and wishing her well, and then the crowd started booing her, and Bailey goes, "Well, I'd like to thank the people that actually tweeted at me." You could tell that she was flustered for a second, and she should be. She's never ever been booed. Yeah, but it, you know what? It does show she did a she did a damn good job of uh, of turning things around with that. So yeah, she, she, she through. handled it well. So that was, that was good on her for that. So we find out that there were going to be two triple threat matches on Monday night, and the winners of those two triple threat matches were going to face each other next Monday for the uh, for the right to face. Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss was on commentary for both of the triple threat matches. The first one was Sasha Banks, Emma, and Alicia Fox going at it. The other triple threat match uh, for the evening was, as I uh, look here, Dana Brooke, Mickey James, and Nia Jax. So those are your two triple threat matches. The winners of both of those were Sasha Banks and Nia Jax. Dana Brooks took some really rough bumps in her uh, against uh, Nia Jax in, in this as well. Uh, other than time, these were just like the most meaningless triple threat time filler segments, and I hate saying that, and I feel terrible for saying that. But did you have any any thought that Sasha Banks wasn't going to win that match? And the, and the, you could tell the crowd sure did because they didn't care. And the same for the second one. Was there any doubt that Nia Jax wasn't going to win that match? You could tell that no one cared. It's, yeah. It stinks. And it's unfortunate. And they got stuck in t- into a tough spot. I mean, for nothing else, it got four other people on the show that may not have been on the show otherwise. But uh, yeah, it was they – were, they were kind of awkward, awkward matches. It's nice to see Emma gets to do stuff, though. For, some, for somebody who is – Bitching and moaning about everything, they're actually putting her on TV, and while she gets beat, she gets the chance to get her stuff in. Yeah, that. But you know what? They again, because of an injury, they were forced into having those matches. This probably wasn't True. something that, as of you know, as of Monday night, last Monday night at seven p.m., this probably wasn't the plan. Then Bailey gets hurt, and they realize, okay, how do we make this happen? Instead of something obvious, let's get you know six women on the card. So they they did a they did a good job of 
of making something work, I guess. They got something on there and they got through two segments and it stinks when you get put in those spots and very rarely is it going to be spectacular when you get thrown into a, Oh God, we've got a huge pay-per-view in two weeks and now we have nobody in our championship match. Uh, this, uh, this next one, John, I know you're going to uh, probably shit all over and that is Finn Balor what, and Bray what, yeah. Wyatt, their segments. Didn't make the Hulu cut. Wow. <laughs> How about that? Wow. Didn't make the cut. Finn Balor gets in the ring, and he has a mic, and he's talking more than I think we've seen Finn Balor talk in a, in a while. Lights go out. Bray's there. Finn's just is sitting on the turnbuckle. Bray goes to attack him. Finn moves a few times, kicks Bray in the head. Lights go off. Bray's not in the, not in the ring anymore. Bray's on the screen. There, there, there's your rundown. I don't get it. I don't. I, I just I don't get it. I want to get it. I used to get it. This was cool four years ago. Yeah, I. I don't. I don't know what to say about this. Like, I. I just. I don't get the Bray Wyatt character right now. It's the same guy that it was years ago. Nothing's really changed. Unfortunate fans want it to change, but it doesn't change. Uh, like quick. I texted you, okay, well, how do you figure out what he is? Because mm-hmm. he doesn't wrestle very often. He is forced to carry a full segment, it seems, weekly with really weird off-the-wall promos that have gotten to the point where no one understands them. And it's got to be difficult for him because he's got to deliver these things every week. Mm-hmm. That's not easy. He's got like this super baby face entrance that everybody loves and, and puts their phones up. And fans like him and want to like him. And then... They make him a heel. It's like the opposite of Roman Reigns. Like if you flipped the two guys, they'd both be superstars. But instead, you've got fans hating this guy and they feel like they're they're being forced to like him, and they like this guy and they're being forced to hate him. And, and instead of swapping them and making them both at a place where fans embrace the type of character that they the fans want them to be, I don't know. And it's weird to have him and Finn together. Like, shouldn't both of them be winning and? Leading programs instead of going against each other. Yeah, I just I you know it's one of those matches. They're like, oh, we have these two guys. Better have them face each other. Okay, how? I don't Why? know. Just <laughs> make them fight. Yeah, well, this is and unfortunately that's what Bray's is. Bray, it's like Bray. Figure out a way for to be the antagonist for this guy so that he wants to wrestle you. Because yeah. none of them made. When is the last time it's made sense? Unless except for the time he had a belt. He had a belt, and he beats Cena. He pins Cena, wins a belt. Mm-hmm. And it's like that didn't happen. Uh, did Goldust make the uh, make the Hulu cut? Uh, no. There wasn't anything really anything worth make, uh, talking about, but Goldust just did a nice little uh, you know, vignette where he talked about how he was going to be watching SummerSlam to find out, find his next hero, his next victim, or perhaps a beautiful new starlet to grace his silver screen. Ooh. That last part sounds like something Val Venus would have said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, but no, but he's got the production company. We haven't seen the camera guy since he beat up our truth. Yeah, because they found out that that's pretty stupid. It was I really it. cool if they'd have done it right, but they couldn't do it right. It only was going to work if they could show live in-ring stuff. Then it works. I I absolutely love that part of it, and I'm I'm a little upset they they stopped doing that. So, John, I think that's about it as far as Raw goes. I, I know that we kind of jumped all over the place. We really didn't go with a an exact timeline of how things happened this Monday, but. I really, I mean, we just kind of set up everything that's that's leading into next week's final Raw before uh, SummerSlam. Two things. One, um, the uh, young angle, Jason Jordan. He that's did right. Not I'm make sorry. Yeah, that cut. one I definitely forgot about. You're right. He didn't make the Hulu cut, so I have to ask because I read the recap. Okay. Did they really cheer for the other guy? They uh, did a let's go jobber chant. <laughs> 
which that's tremendous again I, I, yeah I, so I, I was texting you when I was watching it because I didn't get to watch Raw live on Monday so I was going through and I watched it today and I was texting you about it so Curtis Axel was supposed to face Jason Jordan didn't happen because Curtis Axel got beat up by Brock Lesnar which that I mean that kind of took me a while. At first, I thought that he got jumped in the back, and I was like, "This is a weird angle." But then I realized, "No, oh, no, he just got beat up by Brock." So Kurt just turns and sees a guy and says, "What's your name?" And the guy goes, "Jean Pierre Goulet." Which I'm very disappointed. Nobody, nobody at any point went Goulet. That's a different story, though. So <clears throat> he takes his shirt off. He goes to the ring. <clears throat> They announce him. Booker T says, oh, it's a hometown boy. To which Michael Cole goes, how do you know that? And he goes, his name's John Pierre Goulet. He must be from around here. <laughs> they do introduce him as being from there. So I didn't know this, but Enhancement Talent just hangs out backstage at Raw. I had no idea that happened. Actually, it does. <laughs> what, what do you think all the security people you see are? They're all indie guys. It's, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. So the guy's name is Jean-Pierre Goulet, which I, to me screams French-Canadian. But on his wrestling singlet, he had the Star of David on the back of it. <laughs> well, you can be a French-Canadian Jewish man. I, no? yeah, I don't know how that works, but I, I got to say that took me by surprise. <laughs> it could be one of those, but this is who I am. No, that's... You're, you're from Canada tonight. <laughs> I know that you play the good Jewish boy over there, but here you're going to be the Canadian. I don't care what your gear is. Nobody cares. What's your name? Ah, it's, yeah, David, it's David Goldstein. Not tonight it isn't. <laughs> you look like a Jean-Pierre. <laughs> we're, in, we're in Canada, so you're Jean-Pierre Goulet. <clears throat> oh, oh, that's tremendous. Oh, yeah. well, good. They can't even get him over <laughs> with the jobber talents. Yeah. That's fantastic. His finisher's still pretty badass. It's cool. Yeah, he he does a good job of it. And, I mean, it's really just throwing a guy up and letting him fall while you pretend that you're actually catching him in a neckbreaker. Yeah. I just don't know how he's going to do it. I, he's a strong man, though. How, who am I to, to deny that he can't do it yep. against the big boys? Yeah. They, uh, by the um, so speaking of where guys are billed from, Jason Jordan's billed at B as being from Chicago. Are you are you upset that they didn't just change his billing to like where Kurt's from? Uh, I, where's Kurt from? He's from Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh, yeah. Pittsburgh. Uh, well, no. Where did Kurt go to college? I don't know. Not not Chicago. Well, got people move. Okay. His mom I just said that just in Chicago uh, when they met in college. See, yeah. he could be from my mom can be from anywhere. Okay, just it's, it's college. It's not high school. Well, remember he also was put up for adoption too. So, well, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, huh. that, there you go. That's that's kind of all I wanted to. Uh, that's that's all I wanted to really throw out there. But yeah, huh. I I didn't realize that. I really need, do need to run down with you everything that doesn't make the Hulu cut when there are huge storylines that aren't deemed good enough for the Hulu cut. <laughs> One would think that the Bray Finn was going to make it, though. My goodness. I mean, was was it an hour? Was the Hulu cut an hour this week? It's an hour and 30 minutes. Jeez. But it's got the entire main event, the entire first segment. Yeah. And then it's I... got the entire, it's got both women's matches. Yeah. Plus Bailey's promo. That's a lot right there. And then you had, Ces- and then you had Cesaro, or uh, Ces- yeah, Cesaro, and, uh, and you had Dean, and you had Sheamus, and you had Seth. That's a lot. That you had, I mean, you couldn't have done one and not the other there. You had to do both of the women's matches. You couldn't do one. And you have to do the open and the close. So they were tight on time this week. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you, um, and it pissed me off watching it. Why in a no disqualification match did the referee stop counting when both Braun and uh, when Braun was still down and Roman was up? What do you mean? At the after very the end? Spear, after the spear, Braun and Roman are both laying on the ground. Roman gradually starts moving, and, and Joe grabs him. So he's standing up. Joe is holding him. Braun didn't move 
off the ground for 30 seconds, but he gets to win the match. Pissed me off. I uh, I don't I mean I just liked how Braun just imma- immediately jumped up at eight like there was nothing wrong with him I thought that there was, was that too I mean I get it like I can, I get hearing the number eight and I mean I get playing it off like you're a monster among men right I can I can understand the adrenaline hits you and you just jump up because it wasn't like he was no selling it once he jumped up like he actually jumped up and was still struggling to stand but he got on his feet. He jumped up and then remembered, oh, crap, I'm supposed to be hurt. I, I, you know what? I could do it from the adrenaline. You know, I, the adrenaline gets you. You jump up and you're trying to still stand, but at least you made the count. But the first time when they were at like seven and Roman started getting up, he didn't move. And then he stayed there until 28 and then he got up. 29. He got up at 29 seconds. Um, Braun Strowman throwing a chair, an office chair in the face of Roman Reigns. Funniest, one of the funniest things I've seen on Raw in a long time. It was flipping hilarious. Certain announcers think that that was one of the greatest things in the history of our great sport. But what just the, the sheer strength, everybody's, everybody's tried to pick one of those up at some point and how awkward they are. And he picked it up like it was me throwing my child's chair. Mm-hmm. Like the little little chair and table that is in their playroom. He fired like a 20 pound awkward office chair, smashed him perfectly in the face. Yeah. It was perfect. Uh, moving on to SmackDown, John Cena kicks things off. So he's going to be, uh, he's going to get there talking about how, uh, how physical the match was against Shinsuke Nakamura the week before Baron Corbin comes out i did enjoy that john cena used the uh the skinny fat phrase to john cena which i don't think we've heard to baron corbin which i don't think we've heard since triple h called cm punk skinny fat did he really you don't remember that (laughs) i wasn't watching that yeah he uh cm punk he called cm punk a skinny fat ass which i guess is a weightlifting term it's a something that the weightlifters will call each other that you're you're skinny but you're or you're you're fat, but you're not really muscle, but you still are, you know, you're not obese, <laughs> but you're trying to lift. I don't know. Maybe Urban Dictionary has what it means to be skinny fat. <laughs> I'm, 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 real, I'm very much enjoying you trying to attempt to tell me what the a definition of skinny fat is. Yeah. Well, I... A person who is not thin but has a defined and fit body. The opposite. No, that's uh, fat skinny. So skinny fat. There's a difference? A person uh, is a person who appears visibly skinny with their clothes on, but if you were to touch them or see them without clothing, you would think they were fat. (laughs) It it does fit for Baron Corbin, who wears a T-shirt while he wrestles. Yes, that's correct. Which is terrible. That guy, if he could ever get, if he could ever just work out, it looks like he doesn't even work out. I, I do not like his ring gear. <clears throat> no, if he got, if he could get himself in shape and get that damn t-shirt off, he could be a superstar. Yeah. And it is, odd as it sounds, it could be as simple as that sometimes. He's a, he's a lone wolf. Maybe he needs a workout buddy. He is the lone wolf. I don't know how many buddies he has. I honestly think, you know, we've talked about this before on the uh, on the show about how um, how Ben Fredrickson knows Kane, yes, and is friends with Kane. I also think that he knows Baron Corbin too, or somebody oh. at the station knows Baron Corbin. Okay. How? He's from the Kansas City area. Oh, he went he really? to Northwest oh, Missouri that. State. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know who it is, but somebody knows Baron Corbin. Nah. He could be a star. I'm a huge fan of him. I really love the. I, I love his character, just jumps people. It's beautiful. And he just beats the crap out of everybody. I did he's like. He's gentle with anyone. 
he came out and he said, you know, John Cena kind of challenged him to a match, and Baron Corbin said, I don't have to face you. I don't I have I have the money in the bank, so I don't need to face you to get a title shot. There's nothing I can gain by beating you because I have the money in the bank. I like that. I like that yeah. part of its character until Daniel Bryan comes out and says, Oh, no, you're gonna face John Cena at SummerSlam. And that's the way that it should be. I don't have to. I, I, I'm better than you. I don't need you for anything. And then some, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Not the heels accepting challenges or making challenges. Baby face challenges. Heel is not doing it until somebody makes him do it. And then he throws a tantrum and beats the hell out of the other guy. Yeah. That's how it's done. It, it was, uh, and they do that on that show, that old style stuff on that show more than you'll see ever on the other show. Yeah, that uh, so that was kind of how Raw opened up. It was a good little back and forth. You got them out there to show what happened after SmackDown went off the air, the uh, the week before. the uh, The New Day came back after the Usos beat the thrown together tag team of Ty Dillinger and Sami Zayn. Uh, the Usos with their new music. The New Day's music hits afterwards, and I liked how Biggie just kind of came out onto the stage and gyrated a bit. While Kofi and Xavier Woods jumped the Usos. Big E is not good in a velvet red suit. <laughs> That's a rough look. That's your opinion. I thought he looked great. <laughs> it's, some people can wear some things, but his character looking goofy is what it was supposed to do. And for that, it was perfect. So, yeah, that's I mean, that, we know that match is coming at SummerSlam, uh, which, again, we can talk about. We'll do a SummerSlam preview show next week, and we can, uh, we can give our prediction on how that plays out, which I, I have no idea how it should play out. No, I don't either. I enjoy the Usos and what they are. I'd, I'd be totally fine with Usos getting belts back and just carrying belts for a while. They only have these two tag teams, so I don't know what's going to happen next. No, you see, well, that's uh, perfect. Uh, perfect that you say that because I was just going to get into the fact that Brizongo was out was uh, next in their fashion peaks, and <laughs> I, I have I still have no idea what Twin Peaks is, but my God, this segment was gold. <laughs> They're so funny. They're so good, and I love the Ascension in them. The Ascension are terrific in them too. Uh, by the, the one of the things on the uh, on the on the billboard this week was a picture of John Cena and an elephant next to each other, because John Cena is the voice of pistachios as That's the right. elephant. That's right. I forgot I didn't put that together. That's fantastic. But anyway, so I number one, it's TVPG, and Fandango was able to get away with talking about anal probes. That was pretty good. I, that caught me by surprise. <laughs> What did he just say? I didn't know you could say that on a PG show. And then you get an appearance by Arn Anderson. Which is fantastic. Just shitting on our on Tully Blanchard. Yes. That was that was great. I mean when they said Tully the horse, I was like, okay, are they gonna bring Arn out? I mean, like that's and then sure enough, damn it, he walks through the door. Look at like a million bucks. No, looking exactly like Arn Anderson looked 40 years ago. <laughs> right. He's just a little heavier, that's all. Right. A le- slightly less hair. And he was asking where heavier. catering was. Uh, it was it was really, 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 really good. I enjoy those segments every week. There are weeks where that's the only good thing on all five hours of the what, shows. I don't get what the joke was about the free pie. I don't understand that. I mean, is that a Twin Peaks thing? I'm the not pie sure. is a Twin Peaks thing, yes. What, explain it to me. And I mean, we did have a few you gotta people. Watch this. It's I was going to say, we had, like few, dan- we had a few people tweeted us about about the Twin Peaks and how great that was. So yeah, It's like the, the pie is at the cafe. It's at the, like, the coffee thing. You got to watch the show and you'll giggle at some of this stuff. It's all really inside stupid stuff. But if you watch the show, me going through and explaining all of it to you, and there are some, I know there's things on there that I, I, I totally missed, but just the stuff that I knew, it's, I could explain it to you and it still doesn't make any sense. Like we did last week and none of it made any sense to you. No, it, it didn't. Where do you want to go next here? Because this is where everything just kind of gets thrown together, the rest of SmackDown. I mean, they they did a lot of stuff, but there was no real set order to anything that happened at SmackDown this week. You had the in-ring confrontation between AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, hosted by Shane McMahon. 
And it ended when Kevin Owens went to jump AJ Styles, punched him, and AJ Styles went to do a blind Pele kick and hit Shane. So now they were playing up the history that Shane and AJ have with the WrestleMania match, and now AJ kicks Shane in the head. So there's, you know, and they also aren't going to trust Shane because he's a McMahon. So there's there's a lot going into this match for the U.S. title at SummerSlam. It was good to see the Scott Trade Center made an appearance on the show, too. Showing Shane McMahon as the guest referee in the Austin-Mankind match at Deadly Games here in St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I should mention that Kevin Owens, who was basically in his backyard, um, did, uh, did a wonderful job of... Uh, Coming, uh, becoming a heel here because he did say that McMahon had already screwed a Canadian before talking about Bret Hart, but then Owens went on to say that Bret Hart deserved to get screwed and he didn't. And then Owens also went on to rip the country of Canada. <laughs> just well, to he's get the heat. face of the United States of America. It, it was just so great. Yeah, it was a good segment. I enjoyed how those two started at each other, and then eventually AJ and Kevin are together just crapping on Shane. Yeah. It was good. It was. Yeah, it, those three guys are. Now, I will say, it was a lot of bad acting in it. There were some, I mean, it sounded like some were, some moments were, were reading from a script, but at least it entertained me for a few minutes. Do you think that we have seen, uh, talk about the women for a second here. Do you think that we are closing in on seeing the end of Lana as a wrestler? I hope so. It's brutal. The whole thing's brutal. It sucks for her. I feel bad for her because she put in a lot of time and effort and she got thrown into something that you just, she was destined to fail. You just can't throw somebody in there who hasn't done it very long and think that they're going to be able to swim in the deep end with the big girls right off the bat. And that the more importantly, that the audience is going to buy it, and that's what killed it. You take like someone the audience loved in a role she's very good at, very over in, and and very, and, and put her in uh, uh, like in a completely different position, different character, a weird ring gear, and throw her in immediately and give her back-to-back title shots and think that it's going to work. And it's, you build people by building them up, especially somebody who is new, right? I mean, you don't expect somebody who's never wrestled. Like, you don't expect to come out of the performance center and like, hey, I get a title shot tomorrow. They wouldn't do that with any of without them going through NXT. I mean, AJ didn't even get that. Yeah. AJ didn't get a title shot his first night. He came in, and he came into the Royal Rumble like everybody else and had a good night. But his first match wasn't a title shot. And if anybody was going to get at him, Joe had to go through damn NXT. Rude has to go through NXT. Lana's a manager. He gets thrown in the first night in a title match, in a pay-per-view. At, what, the number five pay-per-view on the list. It was a way to keep the belt on Naomi from WrestleMania to SummerSlam. So I'll, I'll give him that. Okay, but that... Also, do you take you can't crap on a new talent you've invested a lot of time and money in, and they did. Don't think she's getting paid NXT money to go down there and train. She had a roster. There's no way she's not making main roster money to go down there and train for months off TV. And then you just put her back in there. It's just it wasn't it wasn't fair to anybody, and it's definitely not working uh, at th- all. It's not working for anyone. It's just she comes on screen and it's gone from everybody loves her to oh god and that's terrible that's not good the other uh, women's match of the night naomi versus carmella a match that did not uh that where the money in the bank was not being cashed in for carmella she gets the win when james ellsworth returns so nice to see james days, yeah his 30 day suspension is over and we learned that his 30 day suspension is over when he showed up yeah and i mean oh. if you if you looked at a calendar you should have known that well, I wasn't. It wasn't on my calendar. Oh no, not yours. No, I. You had it on yours. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's your job, though. I mean, that's you staying on top of things. I put a Google update out there. It actually happened late last week. If you want to get uh, accurate with it, so it's, it's, okay. You know, I believe last Thursday was the thirty days because if he was suspended on a Tuesday, that meant uh, that would have been twenty-eight days plus two. So yeah, Thursday. Well done. Nicely done by you. Yeah, I just actually figured that out in my head as we're talking here. Oh. 
We'll get, we can pretend you've known that all along. Uh, finally, the main event, uh, as they talked about the entire night, they kept telling us the entire night that the Singh brothers were not there due to getting tossed around. <laughs> Poor guys. They're still struggling with their funky-looking weird braces yeah. that they wore last week. <laughs> so they were not there. Well, they could there. show up last week with their braces. Why not last night? Oh, they probably couldn't get them over the border. Well, I, Jinder Mahal was able to get over the border because he actually is Canadian. Um, <laughs> so He's just going home. Yeah, he... That's funny. So he uh, he was in a grudge match against Randy Orton. Christ is a grudge match. I saw I saw people online complaining that Jinder Mahal lost clean. I actually love that he lost clean because he lost a match because the Singh brothers weren't there to help him. So it makes perfect sense. To. Yeah, he is supposed to lose. Right. And clean. That's exactly what was supposed to happen. This is how you could even extend this further if you really wanted to. Now it's like, well, hey, now I finally won without him. I've proven it. I really deserve another chance. But why? Why is it called a grudge match? What does it mean? What have the last four months been? Yeah, that so. And by the way, I thought it was going to end again. I thought we were going. I thought maybe SmackDown was going to start doing stuff after the uh, the tape stopped rolling. I really thought that's when Rusev was going to come out, but they did show Rusev coming out before the end of SmackDown, uh, coming out of, uh, you know, coming out as Rusev flew out with a super kick, and Orton did, uh, did take that as SmackDown went off the air. So they didn't do that off the air like they did with Baron Corbin attacking Nakamura uh, last week. I liked it. It was so. a perfect, it was a cool end. So unless I missed something from uh, from SmackDown, as I said, you know, kind of running through it and figuring out what was important, what wasn't from this past week, there's a look at what happened in SmackDown, and here is what we have so far. Hey, by the way, any final thoughts on SmackDown before I run through the current 11-match card for SummerSlam? God bless America. It's 11, and it's not set. Yeah. <sighs> no, I have nothing else on SmackDown. I, I was... It was a fine. It was a very good first hour and a strange second hour. Yeah. Um, so this is eleven matches for SummerSlam, not counting. I am predicting the in-ring confrontation between Ronda Rousey and Charlotte. You well, this have, also doesn't count the Dean Ambrose and right. the, the the Shield and the Sheamus, right? Cesaro and something bar. with Miz and Miz's segment, whatever that is end up going to end up being. Alexa Bliss is going to face either Sasha Banks or Nia Jax. Okay. John Cena versus Baron Corbin. Mm-hmm. Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Big Show versus mm-hmm. Cass with Enzo Amore in a shark cage. Oh, yeah, I forgot is that about the, that. Is this the third shark cage match now? Paul Ellering comes back, and all of a sudden the shark cages are, are big again. He was the first one. Jericho was the second one, and now Enzo Amore. Correct. Orton versus Rusev. Tazawa versus Neville. New Day versus Usos. AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. Naomi versus Natalia. Jinder versus Nakamura. Lesnar versus Reigns versus Joe versus Braun Strowman. It's a long night. I don't think we're getting another match aside from the raw tag team match because as we've also didn't mention Scott Dawson, the revival tore his bicep will need surgery. So it does look like we won't be getting the Hardys versus the club versus the, uh, versus the revival. Well, that's the other thing. What happens to those two? I think you just tell them, take the day off. (sighs) Tell the Hardys they're not going to work that night. Just I, you just wait to, I, you wait for them to become broken now. Maybe that's what breaks them. <laughs> they got a court case to figure out. They got, a, they got a deal to figure out first. There's no breaking until that's broken. They have they have patent lawyers now. Like after it now, it's it's getting getting really it's really getting out there. It's getting ridiculous, but it has to because there's a lot of money involved. But yeah, six uh, six hours. Possibly 12 matches. 
possibly Ronda Rousey well, and Charlotte 13. talking to each other, possibly Miz in the ring. Well, and with if yeah, the Ronda Rousey and Charlotte thing, which also has the awkward, which has the whole thing kind of started at NXT, which I never saw. Did you ever see it? The video? Which one? Of uh, the four, of the four, or the eight women? No. The four UFC and the four WWE at the May Young Classic, where they got into it, all at work, but having Becky and Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte together as a group going at it verbally with them who are there for their friend, their UFC friend who was in the Mae Young Classic, whose name I don't remember. So finding a way to get all four, all eight of them together is the best way to do it. And it sucks when you have Bailey hurt. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's anything that's going to happen until you, you save Ronda Rousey for WrestleMania. Right. It's just, when do you start it? And I don't know that you need to start it now other than because you're in New York. Um, 12 matches for six hours plus two possible in-ring skits segments yes plus NXT the night before so we have got a lot of stuff to do in two weekends so next week I say we do a show uh, we we do a show where uh, I, I don't know if we preview NXT and SummerSlam, or we recap NXT and just preview SummerSlam. We'll have to figure out exactly how to uh, how to do it, but we will we'll figure it out next uh, next week before SummerSlam. Probably just do a uh, big one prior to uh, prior to the big pay per view. It's going to take a long time to get through the SummerSlam preview. Like we, it's going to take six hours for that. That is a lot of stuff. My God, 12, 12 matches. Oh. Well, you know what? Take a few days off, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it in about eight or nine days, huh? Now think about it too. This is like what seventy-two cents a match on the network. It's all it costs. You want to add how much it is when you add NXT matches to that too? Oh, they're almost giving it to us for free. They they really are. They're they're giving us money. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, we got a lot to do. So yeah, I agree. We should just do a big old blowout. We could just yeah, we could do both of them. Oh, the NXT one's not gonna the NXT oh. one you hit the couple of big ones and then all of the SummerSlam ones, which we'll just hit all the big ones. It'll which save us we'll have about six of them. It'll save us from having to talk about another match featuring three of the four members of the uh, main event. <laughs> no, and don't you have a contract signing next week? Isn't that what you do? That has to be you it's next week. And then what? Brock just beats up a lot of security. Braun beats up a lot of security. Uh, yeah. Then there's there's that. Or Brock leaves, and then the three of them fight again. But yeah, there's contract. Has to be a contract signing. All right. Well, that's uh, that's going to wrap it up for uh, for us today. And uh, I look forward to, uh, to, I'm looking forward to SummerSlam, uh, take another week off of a pay-per-view and get ready for six hours next Sunday. John, it was a pleasure talking things over with you, uh, with you again and looking forward to, uh, to breaking it all down next week. Preview next week. That'll do it for the Going Overtime Wrestling Podcast here on InsideSTL.com. For John Marisek. I'm Joe Roderick. Thank you for listening, everybody.